Welcome to Soul Logic, not your breathy spirituality. This is neither tie dye running through fairy fields nor corporate performance metrics, but increasing your inner authority and personal freedom, moving you from the corporate mindset to a conscious mindset. We're your hosts, Cindy and Scott, and we're here to put the practical into awakening. I'm Cindy, and I'm here with my co host, Scott. And today we're talking about the power of choice and the power of choice specifically in the awakening journey. And we've got some good examples for you today about good choices we've made and some not so great choices we've made. So let's jump in. Scott, do you want to start with a good choice or should I start with the... Let's start first by maybe acknowledging that every moment of every day, we are making choices. And tomorrow is determined by the choices that we've made yesterday. Yeah, for sure. So one thing that I've noticed is that in my own life, and I've and look at I've had to have some real, you know, come to Scott moments and look in the mirror and say, what did you do? What were you thinking? Or wasn't I thinking in that moment, right? Yeah. But a lot of personal responsibility is is often required to be able to look at this and and talk about this topic and accept that this topic is one that we have complete control over but it requires that we take responsibility for how we show up, but not just how we show up physically, how we communicate with ourselves, meaning are we listening to ourselves, right? Are we paying Mm -hmm. attention to what our soul is saying? Are we trusting our inner knowing? And from that, what are the choices that we're making? Because something will happen eventually when we continue down the road of making choices. Yeah. I want to share a story about that. One of the choices I made, was in 1998 going back a minute going back a minute remember <laughs> i started this process along like 1990 right so we're kind of like eight years into it and i'm pretty young at that point i know i'm young now but i'm pretty young then and i was living in miami florida i was doing this job i was working for an airline and i was working in the control center i liked it I had a really good schedule and i had been upgrading as as the manager in the control center And I knew that the position was going to become available. At the same time, it was, I'd been down there probably five and a half years. I was really over living in Florida. I love to visit Florida. I have a lot of friends down there, but it's not a place I aspired to live in. I needed more nature and more, you know, terrain variety. I felt like I would, no, no, I felt like I I used to call it the sweat pot actually, but I used used to feel like I was in a time warp. Is it July or is it December? The only thing was it was either warm or hot. You just never really knew. The sweat port? Is that what you used to call it? The sweat pot. (laughs) Because I was like sweating all the time. I was, and I was, it was just awful. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a great place to visit. Anyway, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is I was, I was upgrading in this position and I knew it was going to become available. But there was something telling me to leave. And I didn't know what it was. And I had spent the winter prior in the mountains in Colorado working on a temporary assignment. I just had this urge to get to the mountains. So I started checking out different cities in the country like Albuquerque and Portland and Seattle and Salt Lake. Didn't want a huge city like Denver at the time. And I then put in some transfer requests to different cities. At that time, I had only been doing the work for maybe nine years. So I wasn't very, 10 years, I wasn't very senior and it all goes by seniority. 
So this position was was posted for the shift manager. And the manager in the department came to me and said, you know, you've been doing this job for some time. We'd love to have you apply. And I said, okay, thanks, thanks. I never applied. I never applied. Remember, I had all these transfers in for full time in other cities. I never applied. And it was a Tuesday. And I remember my parents were down in Florida visiting. And the position closed on a Tuesday. It was Tuesday evening. The manager called. His name was John. He called me. Hey, Scott, um, I'm calling you because I have a job offer. And I was thinking to myself, what's he talking about? I said, but John, I said, the position closed. I didn't apply. I said, no, it's not for that position. He said, your transfer came through for Salt Lake City full-time. Oh, okay. I said, oh boy. Okay, thanks. Now at that time, long time ago, you had to accept within 48 hours. And if you didn't accept, I believe you couldn't make another transfer request for six months. They didn't want people that weren't going to be serious, right? So now it was kind of like this moment of truth. Okay, Scott, you believe in all of this. You believe that we're connected. You believe that you can create your reality. I remember this was a long time ago. Now you really have, you have a choice. The choice could be that you turn your back on everything that you believe and you refuse this and stay here another six months or you take the leap and you go for it. And even though I didn't know a single person out there, all I knew is that I'd be working for the same company. So of course I talked to my, my friends, I talked to my parents, they were there and I mean, nobody could understand what I was talking about. Like, what are you crazy? Like, why are you gonna do this? Why are you gonna drive across the country? Cause you have to move yourself at that point. It wasn't a promotion, it was a lateral move, right? Why are you gonna do this when you could most probably have this position here and have a promotion? And I, I didn't really have a great answer for anybody but I knew that it wasn't right for me. And I said, I don't know. I just feel like I need to go out there. I had absolutely no idea why. So I did. So I called John back the next day or two days. And I said, hey, I I accept it. I had to be there the Monday after Thanksgiving. I drove out there with a buddy of mine. Realized pretty quickly, "Mm, this isn't really for me. The position became open again. They filled the job in Miami. The position became open again. Hey, Scott, why don't you apply? So now I'm tempted. Now I'm thinking, okay, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done that. Let me apply. I didn't apply. Okay. A good friend got the job perfectly fine, right? I ended Mm -hmm. up leaving within five months and came out to the Virginia area, to to the DC area. And it became a much better move. Everything was, was set up like perfectly. I never could have anticipated. If anybody had ever said to me in November of 1998, in five months, you're going to move to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I would have said, you're crazy. I'm moving to Salt Lake City. And at that time, you had to stay wherever you move for a year with the old transfer policy. Okay. Right? Yeah. So all of this happens. I'm now in D.C. Five months later, I purchased my home in this area just a few months after that. Com- everything completely unexpected. I trusted everything. I, As I said, my choice in that moment was when I got that phone call, turn my back on everything that I was believing and or take the leap and i logic said don't do it why i mean florida's tax-free utah has income tax right i mean there was so (laughs) many reasons it's going to cost you to move out there you can be promoted here why would you do it and i never had a good reason logic was to stay Mm -hmm. my soul said to go 
and I went. Here's the thing. Now, a few years after that, things changed, the business changed. That station in Miami, that airport where I was working, started losing flights and losing flights and losing flights. The company had different plans for the, for the city. People were being laid off, laid off, laid off, laid off. My buddy who took the job that I mentioned, that shift manager position, ended up in Washington in July of 2003 Oh my so, God. Isn't that crazy? It's <laughs> like crazy. when I look at the whole thing and I think, oh my God, that could have been me. And maybe I would have ended up in the same place, but it happened the way it happened. Yeah. So I'm going to share that story because it was a moment of complete trust, trusting my soul, trusting my intuition, trusting my inner knowing. And when I tell you everybody, I mean, absolutely everybody around me thought I was crazy. Well, you know what I love about that story is like, okay, so, you know, 2003 or you could have ended up there anyway. So like maybe you were always destined to be in Washington, D.C., right? Probably. But the, Probably. the valuable lessons that you got in the middle of that is trusting yourself. I mean, and that, that really is invaluable, that lesson, to trust yourself in that way. And I think also to trust yourself that Salt Lake wasn't it no. and to move again. Because some people, I, some people looking at myself would have been like oh well I committed to Utah now I got to stay here like I can't just move again but you listen to yourself and I just think it shows I mean I really do think that there are so many different paths in life but sometimes there's places you're supposed to be and maybe that was one of them for you like you're always supposed to be in DC and you could have just stayed and been kind of miserable and ended up there or you could have gone on the adventure and you get the lesson of trusting yourself and now you've got this right lesson that you can share with everybody too not just yourself like I think that's so cool right and what I what I found out through that and other stories that I might share in the future is that the the soul's knowing the soul's version is often the one that does not seem to be logical at all mm-hmm. like it did not make sense if you if you put it on a piece of paper a list of pros and cons you wouldn't have a whole lot in the pro side right but it felt right which was mm-hmm. which was shocking to me Mm-hmm. And yeah, it felt right. And I've talked to so many people that years later, when they analyze, they analyze is a strong word, when they, when they look back or reflect on some of their choices in life, they can see that they made their decisions from a place of fear from the head only. Mm-hmm. And they had this inner knowing that I was just describing, right? They had this soul's intelligence and they knew it and they ignored it. And can I just share one quick one? Of course, go for it great friend of mine like picture this right italy <laughs> probably 1960s nice <laughs> a very nice picture 1960s standing at the back of the church is with i guess her father right i wasn't there obviously staying at the back of the church and is looking at all the backs of the heads of all the people and all the bows at the ends of all the pews mm-hmm. and she said she told me this years later after she got divorced I just wanted to run. I realized (laughs) at that point, my intuition was telling me, don't do it. This is not right. Ultimately, it wasn't right. Took many, many years and many years also of denying what she felt, what she perceived. Yeah. Well, you're stealing my thunder. Oh, I am? I'm sorry. No, (laughs) no. I've got that story. I live that story. I live that story. I I love (laughs) hearing these stories. Just not in Italy. (laughs) 
Yeah. So, I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, I just, in defense of myself, I do have some good decision stories, but I will share maybe what not to do with listeners here or how it can, can go wrong. I found myself in very much the same situation. I, I'm a little bit of a shame to tell, even tell this story, quite frankly, because I was in my twenties, I was living in Chicago and I don't actually recall a lot of the details of how it led to up to getting married, which I know sounds weird. Like how do you know? That sounds very strange. I have to tell you, but it's real. So, I mean, I, I meet this guy, actually we're out, I'm out with a girlfriend. She meets a guy, they go off together and I'm, you know, the friend and I, I mean, I'd like my my now ex-husband I liked him you know so we end up exchanging phone numbers and we end up dating those two never saw each other my friend and his friend never saw each other again but we end up dating he lives in Michigan I live in Chicago we do this whole long distance thing that part I remember (laughs) as you were driving right and I mean we had a good time together the part I don't remember is like suddenly he is moved like it's not suddenly obviously we talked about it somewhere along the way but it feels like the next thing I know, he's moving to Chicago. He's moving in with me into my small one bedroom apartment. I love my freedom and my independence. So suddenly I'm feeling like super crowded and, oh, maybe this wasn't the right thing to do. He doesn't know anybody in Chicago. So like I'm his only lifeboat in the boat in the ocean. And it's just feeling like a lot. And my job at the end time is, is, is intense and I'm, I'm working a lot and I come home and then somebody wants to be on me. He's a really lovely man. I just want that to be clear. Anyway, he did this whole very romantic proposal. And I, frankly, I think just felt pressured to say yes. I mean, if I really am honest, which makes me kind of sick to my stomach because it wasn't fair to me. It was definitely not fair to him to do it in that way. And so then things just kind of go from there. I have made this decision, this choice to say yes, which doesn't feel right necessarily, but it feels worse to say no because I don't want to hurt his feelings. I say yes, which is dumb, but I do. And we continue to go, you know, through the engagement and the whole time I can't eat. I have a wedding dress and I keep going for fittings and she's like, stop losing weight. My wedding dress hung on me the day we got married. And I just didn't listen. I mean, we'll get into embodiment and a whole nother conversation, but like my body was literally screaming at me and like shutting down and I didn't listen. I continued to make the wrong choice for myself and we got married. We were together. We were married for eight years. We're together for 10 in total. We didn't end up getting divorced amicably. I actually, when I told the spark story (laughs) in one of the last episodes or in the first episode, last episode, doesn't matter that was, that was him. That was the spark of like, oh my gosh, finally, after eight years, no more. I don't know what would happen, but it wasn't going to be good. And I was able to get out of that. Then I could make a different choice. When I had that awakening moment and I realized life was changing, then I made, started from that moment forward, really started making better choices for myself. And I did choose to end that marriage gracefully, as gracefully as possible. Like we really did our work to do it in a loving way to our and with as little baggage as possible. I mean, always going to have baggage of any relationship that ends, but we really both did our work to let that relationship go gracefully. But the fact that you get married because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, I don't know, just that whole thing just shifted the way I made choices, going really from being unconscious to awake, to having a conscious awareness about how you're living your life is, I think, what choice is really all about. I had made this set of choices that made me unhappy. 
And if it was my fault, my responsibility, then I can make different choices and make happier choices. That's the takeaway for me. It took me a long time to learn this lesson. I would rather have done it a lot sooner, but I am still grateful for it. That whole responsibility can be a big, kind of a big bummer <laughs> to be honest. But in the re but if you really think about it, it isn't a burden. It's a gift. It's a gift to take your self responsibility, your responsibility for yourself to make those choices. Absolutely. It's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a story. That's my soapbox. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Don't, you don't have to be married for 10 years to learn this, but no, you know. <laughs> no, I, I won't trust me. <laughs> I'm stuck on two things. One, I think it's so funny how you don't really remember how he ended up moving into your one bedroom apartment. I mean, that's just a classic. That's I blocked a classic. it out, I think. I you blocked, blocked it out, out, right? Well, you know, I've heard this I, and it makes sense when I think about life. You know, people say the good old days. I'm like, you're so full of it. Come on. Back in those days, you were complaining. And the four, the, the days before were the good old days, right? And I've heard people say, and it's so true, I think, that we tend to dry clean the past. Oh, I love and that term. Isn't so that true. great? We dry yeah. clean the past and all those yeah. bits and bobs that weren't really all that good just kind of like disappear. Yeah. And we remember only the good things, like the clothes come out smelling fresh and clean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, soft. <laughs> and soft, of course, and soft. And that's, mm -hmm. yeah, so the other thing I, I love is that you, you were making the decision, as you said, you know, from your head, from this place of, I don't want to hurt him and you, and not speaking up. And that's exactly what we're talking about with the power of choice, but is having that trust mm -hmm. that to speak up because trust me, trust me, no pun intended, right? When I was making my decision, even though it only impacted me, it was a professional decision. Mm -hmm. I had so many people around me that I really respected and, and trusted their opinion, telling me why what I was doing was not a smart decision. Yeah. And I don't really know if you ask, if, like, if I ask myself, or even if you ask me, well, why did you end up trusting yourself? I have no idea. I just, it didn't feel right. Every time I thought about it, I'm like, no, I think what it was for me is that because I had been on that path already for about eight years, as I described, and I was aware of putting things out there into the universe and wanting things to be a certain way. And I had put this out there and also very clearly put out there the the feeling, the intention that I didn't want that job in Miami. I mm -hmm. clearly put that out there mm -hmm. and I closed the door on that. And as soon as I closed that door, the other one opened. I mean, the same day, like within two hours of the position closing, yeah, the application period closing. And so when I saw that, I was like, <laughs> like being slapped over the, the head, right? Yeah. Multiple times and saying, okay, Scott, you have a choice here. If you turn your back on this. This is a very clear example of what happens when you put energy in one direction. No, I don't want that. And you're open or at least neutral. Sure. I'll take Salt Lake, Albuquerque, Seattle, or Portland. Give me any one of them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I think for me, it was, I knew that there was a bigger meaning there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. And I love the immediate feedback that that day, that day. Within two hours, it was two hours. I was, I was floored and you know, there was no cell phones, right? So it was rang the landline and the landline, yeah. imagine that rang the landline. Probably <laughs> okay, we're cord. dating ourselves, Scott. <laughs> I know, big time. maybe it was a cordless phone at that point. And I just put the phone down and I was in shock. I'm like, wow, 
how could it be that quick? But it can be that quick. I love that story. It's like, it, I mean, this is choices and like, especially trusting yourself. It's just so up for me right now. I just really get it. And I admire the fact that you did trust yourself, especially back in 98, right? When we were young whippersnappers. I got married in 98. So I was making all kinds of terrible choices in 98. So, so here's a question. Um, what do you think is at the basis of making quote, terrible choices? In my case, hmm. it's people pleasing, right? Hmm. I was I was afraid to hurt somebody's feelings. I was, I grew up, you know, I'm not blaming childhood by any means. I take responsibility, but it's like, I grew up being nice. You don't hurt people's feelings. You, you don't brag. You're not really self-centered in any way. And this was my identity of, I was even, I was in the service business. I was in, I was, I worked at a private club in downtown Chicago, which was like, you know, basically working at a hotel. So like the service industry, everything about my life was about serving others. I didn't even pay attention to myself, honestly. Mm -hmm. So I think a key component is really understanding like, what do you want? And, and listening, right? Like I didn't even know how to listen in that. I think is what I admire most is like, you just listen to yourself. If I had listened to myself, I would have run. I would have run several times. I just didn't listen. I think there were plenty of signs. I just didn't listen. Yeah. And I I guess if you reflect on the eight years, you probably saw many opportunities, many signs where you could have had that same awakening to your, you know, what happened in in Boulder, right? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, six weeks before we got married, I had another out. There was kind of an incident that happened. Um, It don't need to go into details, but I had an out, let's just say that. Mm. And I still didn't take it. And then I, then I convinced myself not to take it because the invitations were already out and how embarrassing, how embarrassing would it be to cancel the wedding at this point? Right. I mean, just decisions, for just all the wrong reasons. I mean, I think probably a lot of people can relate to it. Maybe not at the scale <laughs> or maybe at the scale. It sounds like your friend also went through with it. Right. Not alone in that, but I, my mind is blown looking back on it, you know, that I would have done that at that level. And I mean, I got good lessons out of it, you know what I mean? And I'm grateful for that, but really what a disservice to my ex-husband, you know, he desperately wanted children and I did not. And I, I that I did know. And I know he just thought I would change my mind because we were young and my biological clock would tick, but I knew, I knew I did not want to birth any children. I didn't, and what a shame for 10 years we were, he could have been, and he really didn't want to be an older dad. And that's exactly what he became because we stayed together for as long as we did. He did get remarried and he had children as far as I, I'm not sure how many, but I know he had children mm-hmm. and I'm so happy for him. But like, what a shame that we, neither one of us was willing to really look at what was the truth in front of us. Yeah. And that's, and that's often the case, right? Where there's many opportunities to have those conversations, those uncomfortable conversations, mm-hmm. or to bail and, and do something, do some, do walk the other direction. But yeah. so many times, because we, we think we're being nice, and we don't realize that it's it wasn't not sta- nice to either one of us. Yeah. Right. In the end, it's not. And we're not standing in our power. We're not trusting exactly. ourselves. We're completely invalidating ourselves. We yeah. know something, we feel something, we have this inner inner guidance and we're completely invalidating ourselves and we're giving away our power and it feels horrible. It does. I remember um, not too long ago, a friend of a friend, she was, she was engaged to a man and they went on that big like family to his family and her family, they all went to Africa 
and they came back and she knew in that moment that it wasn't the right marriage for her and she broke it off and I was just like oh my gosh if I had only had that much that much courage now of course it caused some immediate pain for everybody but what a saving grace though for both of them to not be in a marriage that like clearly had unwritten was clearly written that was not going to work in the long run you know like wow I wish I had had that courage and I just again this journey for me is about making sure I have not making sure but really just cultivating that internal strength within and courage to know myself to not do that I still have people pleasing tendencies you know it's in there (laughs) but uh, definitely doing more choices that are more authentic and true for myself yeah and it makes us feel just so much more in control like we were talking about the last year and a half and, and just when we know ourselves better it allows us to weather the storm yeah and to and to to just be more secure and and comfortable with who we are but also have that have that confidence to to initiate conversations that might be difficult also you know think about people that go in the into something some sort of a career i was speaking to somebody the other day and she told me that she ended up in the career and she's excellent at it that she was doing she is doing because her family was doing it and they wanted the daughters to to become a speech um speech therapist mm-hmm. and she'd been doing it for many years and she's good at it but she said i don't want to do this anymore yeah you know and and so we it all comes back to just simply not honoring ourselves not trusting ourselves and not listening to ourselves and that's what we're trying to do here at soul logic is to inspire you to pay attention to those those insights to those intuitions to those those gut feelings, right? Whatever comes through for you, listen to it. Don't discredit it. It is valuable, valuable knowledge. It is so valuable. That's so true. I mean, I think, you know, you and I both, we know lots of people who are in their careers who wish they were doing something else and they're in it for whatever reason, the money, family, whatever it is. I think there's also lots of people who could, who are well-suited for their career. Maybe it's in a place that's not great for them and making different choices. Maybe they speak up, maybe they have a conversation with their boss or a subordinate or they pitch a part, like there's still this choice to speak up or or maybe maybe they need to speak up less, you know, whatever the thing is, but there's choices where they could actually make that career also work for them more fully. Those choices are just so darn important. Yeah, <laughs> you know? they are. And, and as we wrap up here, you know, that speaking up can be something very small that makes a small shift in that person's career that makes yep. all the difference in the world. Yep. Right. In what they do and how they show up. Yep. Yeah. And so many really times, powerful. like, yeah, so many times, even the speaking up or again, it's a service. Like it may feel really uncomfortable and maybe you botch it. You don't do it really so well the first time because you're not good at it, but um, it can open up. Like a lot of times I find that people are like, oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. I didn't know how to bring it up. And here's how I'm really feeling about it. And like, it opens up this whole new dialogue and conversation. And it usually ends up being really, really good. Not always, but usually. And it's like, somebody has to take the first step. Very often. Yes. Very often. It's, it's a, it's positive for both, even though it's uncomfortable, even awkward. And I've always found that to be with employee discipline. For example, if you're in a leadership role and there's employee discipline, it's usually not a surprise. I mean, they right. have a very good idea that something's off. And if it ever leads to the place of you know, termination or whatever, something more serious, yep. it's often a relief for them. And they go on to do something that is much more suited to their passion 
into their their soul expression. What kind of what, how would you advise listeners to think about their choices? You asked me about it, but how would you what what sort of thing takeaway would you give listeners about making choices? I would encourage the listeners to feel into the choice. And I know that might sound a little corny and a little woo-woo, and you know, we're not that breathy spirituality, <laughs> but it's really important to to understand what messages are coming back from your body, what information is coming back from your body. So when you have a choice in front of you, feel into it. Just as I gave you that example that I felt into my choice, that professional decision all those years ago, and it didn't make sense, but it felt right. And I had to go with it because I thought there's something, there's some message here in, in that logic-based choice that while it looks right on paper, it's not right. So feel into it, trust your insights, trust your inner knowing. And when you, when you feel comfortable at that point, then make the choice. Something I learned many years ago, which has stuck with me until today is if you don't know, don't go. And so many times we feel under pressure to make a decision. The wedding invitations are printed. Oh my gosh, I can't do it now. It's all going to work out fingers crossed. <laughs> so, <laughs> prayer. <laughs> so if you don't know, don't go and you don't have to make a decision. But the other important thing to remember is not making a decision is actually making a decision. So at this moment, I choose not to make a decision and I choose to feel into it more until I have enough information to make that decision to choose. At Soul Logic, we're excited to explore all of these topics and spirituality that is not breathy. Exactly. We have our <laughs> online course, Your Roadmap to Awakening. You can see it online at roadmaptoawakening.com. I'm Scott Masciarelli. I'm Cindy Jennings. We're so thrilled you joined us today. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care. <laughs>